0: like oh the day my baby turns four months they're not going to sleep anymore because everything changes and that's totally not the case like Starting at six weeks, the baby starts making their own melatonin, where before they just were having it from the mom.
1: With people, when we talk about birth experiences, they might be minimizing their trauma because we've been taught intergenerationally that this is just how it is. Right. Oh, yeah, like the doctor made that decision, didn't talk to you about it, of course. Or, oh, yeah, you know, they used an implement that was extremely painful for you and often unnecessary. That's just what they had to do, right? There's a normalization of trauma. Does it mean that? it's any less traumatic.
0: And everything would just get solved with birth control pills. But I kept feeling like this is counterproductive. Right. Grandmother, my great grandmother had 10 kids. Mm. My paternal grandmother had nine. So in my head, I'm thinking, you know, this this is, Black people don't have this issue. I've Mm. never heard of Black people having this issue. Hey, welcome to the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I own a group practice where we specialize in women's issues, maternal mental health, and all things wellness. Here on the podcast, we're going to be talking about parenthood, how to take care of yourself, and a little bit of in-between things. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Push Through Podcast. I am so excited to welcome our next guest, um, Ani Themens who is the owner-operator of Butterfly Birth Care, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Before I have her talk, I wanted to give a brief um, bio of her and all of her experience Um, She is a certified postpartum doula that is based in Atlanta, Georgia, and her experiences is being able to birth from within, childbirth mentor. She is also an early childhood educator and parenting mentor. She has experience with multiples and premature births, and she is also someone who has received her certification um, from Birth Arts International Postpartum Doula. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with her today to talk all things birthing, parenting, advocating for self, and um, being able to feel supported by a village. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Hi, thank
1: you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk with you today.
0: Yes. Okay, so I didn't want to talk too much to you before we got started to record because sometimes I can get away for myself and I should be recording and having all of this um, for the podcast. But tell us a little bit about yourself outside of your birthing experience. Where did you grow up and where are you from?
1: Sure, I'm actually from Long Beach, California. Mm-hmm. Um, I Atlanta about a year ago. Um, I am a mother of two. I homeschool single mother and I'm also a postpartum do um, I started Butterfly Birth Care in 2021 Um, I decided to focus on postpartum work as opposed to birth work because I experienced and noticed the gap in care for mothers after the baby was born. My passion has always been, okay, I have a baby. Now what do I do? Wow. Um, So everything from getting enough rest to figuring out child care to just the emotional transition that happens. I experienced it. So lived experience. um, I can therefore help other mothers in similar situations
0: that. That is wonderful. Um, we, we have similar experiences and, and our own parenting journeys and birthing experiences can contribute to the work that we do. And I'm sure coming from California and being in Georgia had to be different and an adjustment. What, what was that experience like for you? Well, I think in
1: California, um, People know more about what a postpartum medulla is Mm -hmm. in general, Mm -hmm. Um, but also noticed that the maternal um, outcomes in Georgia are much, much, much worse than they are in California. So I felt like what I do would be very helpful to um, women in Georgia, in the South in general. I wanted to be where the action was, right? (laughs) I was like, I want to go um, where the people are, where they need it. but overall, people are very open to what it is, um, especially when I explain to them all the different services that I provide, why I do it. And um, I haven't had a lot of pushback. Um, actually, most people are very welcoming and understanding what I do.
0: That's awesome. And, and you're, you're so right. Like, um, I remember when I first started my career and I would talk to some people about them getting a doula, them not being much educated on exactly what a doula is. Or feeling like, well, I don't think I need a doula because I have, you know, my partner or I have a parent or whatnot. And then kind of like explaining that a little bit further and educating them. But I I often hear that California has a lot of more progression as far as supporting parents in comparison to Georgia. Um, But it's good that you left there and came here (laughs) and wanted to educate and support those that are here because our our statistics in Georgia are are pretty astounding.
1: Yeah, and I think as well, uh, people in California tend to be more mobile from other places. So they are already away from their family. And so when they become pregnant, they anticipate having less support. And so they are more willing to look out and see, okay, who can help me. Um, When I was pregnant with my children, I did not know what a doula was. And I thought, well, you know, other people did it this way. Other people suffered. So what makes me better than them? And it doesn't have to be that way. Like You do not have to suffer through postpartum. It can be a beautiful experience yeah. if you have the right community around you.
0: Absolutely. Had you always imagined yourself as a mother? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have
1: never really thought about motherhood as a part of my past. I was definitely focused on my career. Um, when I got pregnant with my first daughter, I was in sales. Um, so, you know, long hours, working weekends, making meals, that sort of thing. I never really considered um, motherhood. And when I had her, um, when I was pregnant, I thought, oh, okay, I'll just put her in daycare. When it's time, I'll go back to work. That's just how it goes. That did not happen for me. I had a massive internal shift. Mm-hmm. And I really leaned into what motherhood looked like for me. I mean, it's different for everyone. But for me, I wanted to be with my baby all the time. I did not want to leave her. I went back to work. I was always distracted, always wondering to see the feelings. Luckily, we had um, family members that were able to take care of her. So I knew that she was safe, but there was always a draw, like I need to go back home. So after I had my second daughter, I totally quit working, became a stay-at-home mom,
0: yeah. um,
1: for six years. And, um, I just knew that like my values, what I wanted my family to look like, it meant me doing home as much as possible. Uh Then when they were old enough, um, I decided that homeschooling was our path, our educational path. That's even more time out (laughs) everyone being together, but that just is what made sense for us at that time.
0: Yeah. How, how old are your girls now?
1: So they are um, seven and nine years old.
0: Oh, that is so awesome. Such such fun ages. Um, yes. How how were your pregnancies and your labor and delivery with each of them?
1: Um. Well, with my first pregnancy, I didn't know much about anything. I listened to the doctors, whatever they told me to do. I went in for every test and every doctor's appointment. Um, I had an epidural and a very long delivery and it definitely felt weird. I didn't know why. Um, but I remember uh, feeling out of it kind of drugged up just I was very confused with the mm-hmm. first one so with the second one I did most of my laboring at home showed up with 30 minutes uh, to go before I had my second and was ready to go home <laughs> right after mm-hmm. I kind of uh, dialed into my instincts in that year and a half between my kids I was able to really understand that I could make decisions for myself yeah. that I could be an advocate for myself that I could do my own research um and and not just say okay this is what they say I have to do so this is what I have to do so It's right. very freeing in a way
0: and I, I love that I I wish that there was I don't know maybe like through more of our advocacy and bringing like awareness being able to teach parents that yes, doctors are experts in the medical field, but you are the expert of your body in being able to like collaborate with the doctor and talk to them about what you're experiencing or ask questions or even challenge in certain situations about something that doesn't feel good for you. And you guys work together on what the plan is. But I think like probably more than not, women or birthing parents will just kind of like go based off of what the doctor says and just go along with the the plan but you're so right how it can feel very freeing when you can design the birthing experience that you want for yourself
1: absolutely and if you aren't already an advocate for yourself you will become that once you have your children because you know they're helpless and you are in charge of them and it's a lot of responsibility and so you start to learn like I have to speak up I have to be aware. I can't just post through this. I need to um, be an active parent. I think that's what makes the difference in a parenting journey is when you feel like you've got some power there. Not power over, but like you've got a collaboration with, you know, your partner, with your doctor, with your child, treating them as a human, treating yourself as a human. It all works together.
0: Absolutely. Now, I know that you said that you hadn't necessarily thought of yourself as you know, being a mother, but it happened and you really like embraced it. And now it's like a, hugely a part of your world. Um, did you have or who were your maternal influences growing up or did you have any?
1: Definitely. My mother was very influential. She is a single mother of two and um, she had me when she was pretty young, but I got to watch her find her career. I got to watch her go to college and Complete her degree and excel in her industry. Um, So she was definitely a model of like independence and tenacity. Um, And then throughout my life, I've always found older women mentors, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe 10 years older than I I am. And they kind of acted as guides for me. So, whatever step in my life that I was in, they were there to give wisdom. And it's kind of the same way that I work with my family. I don't come in and say, okay, you have to use this way. This is the only way to do this. I have like more of a big sister energy. It's like, "This is how I did it, you know, we can look it up together. I support you in whatever you want to do, but you know that you have someone there next to you. Like a sister. Yeah, so.
0: that is wonderful. Are there anything like customs or traditions that your mom did that you wanted to do with your own children?
1: No, but as I started to learn um, more about postpartum solutions, it's funny how some of the things that she would say or that my grandmother would say that I would kind of laugh off or coming back around um, as actually being, you know, now, you know, science is backing it yeah. or um, they're able to find a things and herbs that they would tell me to take or teas or even like drinking castor oil. <laughs> you know, oh, like, I don't yeah. want to be like yeah, no, you do that. <laughs> you okay. um, so just It's unfortunate that I was trained to only believe science. Um, now it's both. I definitely advocate for both. I'm like, this is what our grandmothers did. And look at science is finally <laughs> catching up with their wisdom. Mm-hmm. So you know that it's true. So that that's is so cool. True.
0: Yeah, that is so true. Like in in a time for our ancestors and our family members, when maybe like access to medical care wasn't there, adequate medical care, and they kind of came up with their own remedies of their own and passed it down. And you're absolutely right. I I do really really love that. Even when I remember when I had my my oldest, and um, someone had came to visit me from my old my hometown. I'm from South Georgia, and um they were telling me about catnip and I was like, catnip? What is what is that? <laughs> like just, you know, all of these different things to help with him. And and my oldest was, was colic and and I had severe sleep deprivation because he cried all the time and he was he never went to sleep. So I never went to sleep and I was so exhausted, which you know it like, trickles down and impacts your mental health and your impatience, your frustration and guilt and shame. And all of those things. And um, sometimes it was like those small things that they would offer me that, you know, seem so simple, but would really like help in the moment. And which brings us into like the topic of our discussion today about being able to collectively work together to create more supportive environments for working families and being able to help with like childcare and helping people have like a more, Positive experience, even if you're stay at home mom and maybe you're like away from all your family or you're transitioning back to work and you're trying to juggle everything, it can just be really tough and really hard. And like when you were saying earlier, how a lot of people nowadays have moved and we're away from our families of origin, how do you feel like we can create more support systems to help our families?
1: definitely. It's something I'm very uh, passionate about. There's two things that I've noticed. One, like I said before, that people are moving, so their family of origin is you know, sometimes across the country. Um, they don't feel comfortable and trust the people that are around them. And I really, really want to encourage people to reach out to their neighbors and their friends. You have to create a community. You don't just find it. So um, for me, I joined different mothering groups and it was trial and error before I found you know the one that was the right fit for me and they weren't all exactly like me but mm-hmm. that was the beauty of it getting different perspectives um, and that was kind of what set me on this journey forward bursting work is that I started to volunteer as a leader as a counselor in these mother groups for the newer mothers that were coming up behind me and just naturally would talk with them and was there for them in a really vulnerable time and created my community that way. Um, So I definitely encourage people to do that. Another thing is, um, you know, people are having children later in life. I've noticed that as a trend. And so therefore their parents are older and not able to give them as much support as they would like. Mm -hmm. Um, So being an older, like I said, with my, my mentors that I've had through life, stepping into that role is like mentor- for younger parents or um making myself available to them if they had questions because i had already done it if i was there like yeah. hey yeah oh we did this this is cloth diapering this is breastfeeding um i can come over for a couple of hours and help you figure this out or i can watch the baby while you sleep for a little bit or whatever it was um not necessarily in a paid capacity but just understanding that i have already gone through that um in addition it's important to kind of look outside of the box or look outside of the traditional path. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a traditional person, so I knew that when I went back into my career, it wouldn't be a traditional kind of nine-to-five job. Um, I chose postpartum work as well because I can make schedules around my children's school schedules, homeschooling schedules, and things like that, so I can go see a family on a Monday while they're at co-op, and if I need to go on a Tuesday, one of my co-op friends will help me with the girls, you know, just love that. Outside of, you know, they have to go here, you have to do this or that. That's the only way to do things. So I really encourage people to, to be creative.
0: Yeah. I, I like how you are it's like redefining your support. You know how sometimes people think your support system has to be your immediate family. And right. You know, if someone doesn't have that, then they think, well, then I don't have supports. But like what you said, it could be your neighbors. It could be um, an older person that you know, a mentor. It could be a virtual support. It could be in person. It could be your doula. Just anybody so that you don't feel like you're doing it alone. And sometimes like when I work with moms, they'll get caught up in the assumptions of, oh, I don't Mm want to bother my neighbor. They're probably busy or you know, I don't want to join those mom groups. You know, they probably think I'm weird that I'm breastfeeding my two-year-old or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, you know, you don't know until you try, you know, because you could just be, you know, holding yourself back from something that could be really wonderful for you.
1: Definitely. And talking about it, even if they're not able to offer practical support, you're on their mind. So if they hear about Mm-hmm. You know, a, a scholarship that will pay for childcare or a group that will do something, then they will relay that information back to you. You never know what's yeah. out there unless you, you look for it.
0: Absolutely. Having a family is hard. And for a lot of moms, at least like ones that I've worked with, they feel as if they've lost like a sense of their, their selves. And there's like this before and after which I know has been like termed as matrescence, but a feeling of, you know, I used to be able to just like go out with my friends or go to lunch where I was really into art and dance. And now I am managing the household and keeping things clean and taking care of this child. And I'm kind of very, just like a the servant role versus not really feeling like I'm being able to feed into the things that I used to really enjoy and that's something that's very real, real and I think a lot of mothers and parents experience that where they feel like their career aspirations and their desires are kind of put on the back burner and definitely so if they lack childcare and they don't have the ability or the freedom to move about as they would want to, how would you encourage a mother who might be experiencing this? Yeah, a lot of
1: my um, mothers that I work with have that feeling Especially because a lot of them are in, you know, quote unquote, high power positions, lawyers or doctors. They've really dedicated a good amount of their life pursuing this desire. And so they have to balance the very real emotional changes that they're feeling, um, actual physical changes. I mean, you know, you're swapping blood with this baby, you're swapping cells with this baby, Mm -hmm. like everything is changing. And so, first off, I really encourage them to give themselves grace and to give themselves time and to be okay with making changes. Not to be embarrassed if they say, you know what, actually, I do want to go back to work. My work is very important to me. What do I do to make sure that I can keep a connection with my baby? Mm. Or the opposite is a lot of times true. You know what? I don't care about that job anymore. <laughs> I want to go with my baby. What do I do? How do I do this? You know, and talking with them and really not being judgmental about it. That's um, but like you said, really, um, you know, validating that experience. So mm-hmm. many of us feel that way. I know I felt that way. Like I said before, I never really considered children and to have done a total, you know, 180 and been like, oh, actually, my entire life is going to be about mothers and mothering and babies uh, with shocking. But when I really leaned into it, every other opportunity started to open up to me of how I could make that work for me and my family.
0: Yeah, I love how you said that. And and like what you were saying, giving themselves grace, because I think society likes to paint this picture of mothers needing to be like this martyr or this like self-sacrificing person to be a good mom. But you can be a good mom and still make time for the things that are super important to you and you're also like modeling to your children how you make space for things that you're passionate about as well as prioritizing your family at the same time
1: absolutely modeling is the most important thing that you can do for your kids you can tell them all day long what to do and they're not going to listen but they are watching everything that you do so if you model you know Like you said, being a martyr, always sacrificing yourself to the point of destruction, they're going to do that to themselves. And that would be terrible as a parent to watch the kids go through that sort of pain. And so you have to show them that you can do, I wouldn't say it all, but Uh you can prioritize certain things that are really important to you and your family. I say that to a lot of my families and I counsel with them. And I'm not just with the mothers, I'm with the dads too. A lot of the times the dads are still home while I'm there. And I talk with them, you know, what's important to your family? Is it creativity? Is it being together? Is it hard work? Is it teamwork? What do you guys want your kids to say, this is what's important to our family? And how can we shift to make those things highlighted and and important? Yes.
0: I hope that with with the dads too. That is such a good conversation to have with them. That's, so important. My dads are
1: dads are people too and they can
0: be, <laughs> you
1: know I say time they are, you know. Um there's a lot of really negative stereotypes when it comes to new dads and I think a lot of them are lacking a lot of models as well. Mm-hmm. So while I um I've really focused on mommy and baby and protecting the mother baby dyad, I do not leave out the dads and I want to encourage them from the beginning to kind of find their role to support
0: partner yeah i like that you're so right like the society does kind of i don't know maybe like piggybacks off of the stereotype of fathers like well the job is the mom so let's focus on the mom and what mom has going on and dad is the co-creator and you know his role is just as as important um or their role is just as important and so it's always good to really include them how do you think just like us as birth workers what we can do more as a community or even as for family members who have um people in their families who've recently had babies what can we do overall just to lean in and support our families more because I think that we can't solely rely on our government or we can't solely rely on medical providers but just as a community, how can we help uplift our families more?
1: So I'm glad that you mentioned not relying on the government. I, I believe that. I believe we have to create our own um, communities of care. But there are a lot of government resources. They're just hard to find. bureaucracy is wild. And mm-hmm. having to do research um, and fill out forms and go to appointments it's just not feasible for a lot of new parents. They just can't do it, whether they don't have a car, they can't take off of work, or they don't have childcare. Um, So one of my superpowers is resources. So I do love to Mm present my clients or even people that um, don't become my clients with resources that I have found. Um, There's one called Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies. They'll pay up to $1,000 for um, doula care for birth or postpartum. Um, so we, and that's open to everyone in Georgia. So a lot of people don't know about that. That's awesome. Let's do this. You know, here's some different resources that um, that you can look into. If you need help filling out a form, if you need me to fax something for you, I'll totally do it because I want you to get the care that you need. Um, I I personally provide um, payment plans and. Um, scheduled out payments so that it's not as much of a burden financially for families um, because I think that's really important I'll take gift cards or help school go fund me things like that because I also think that women tend to lean towards caring professions and those professions tend to be undervalued yeah so I want everyone to be in the mindset of like this is important work you should get paid to do it, but how can we do that? How can we look for alternative methods of paying for this so that everyone is taken care of? Um, and that sort of mindset will carry on throughout the entirety of your parenthood because you are like, these are people that I want in my life. I want them to provide me with the very best care and I will provide them with a way so that they can also care for their own families. That's very important. A lot of people are parents. Um, and are sacrificing their home time to help others.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, With you saying that, like kind of sacrificing your home time and time spent with your families, birth work is something that requires so much of you, you know, like emotionally, physically, and you're really like pouring into the people that you work with from in empathetic space, from just being able to relate and then wanting to help, support, and lift up, how do you take care of yourself? Because you do have like two two kids at home, and, and you're homeschooling, and you're running a business, and you are you know advocating. What do you do for your own self care practices?
1: It, boundaries are incredibly important, um, but my self care practices are pretty simple. I am a big napper. So I take at least one nap a day, I, <laughs> which a lot of people I, think is unheard of with small children that they're used to it. They go get their books or they, you know, are doing their art and they like, mom, oh, nap. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but that's, that's something, like I said, that I value. So I trained them from really small to know, like, mom's just taking nap. we'll be back. But she needs it. I walk my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, learning about postpartum care has really gotten me into herbalism. Hmm. Um, and so I'm able to make my own teas or to cook with certain um, spices and herbs that I know that will affect my mood and my overall health. And that's become very important. That's something that I like to encourage my families to think about. Um, one of my services that I do is I come and cook for them um, or I'll make teas for them and we'll talk about just like holistic health practices. So that they're not feeling run down and ragged all the time. You know, sometimes we can't help it, but there are ways to be proactive. And a lot of it is just something as simple as eating the right food.
0: That that is wonderful. All of those. And you're you're so right about those being practical. You know, how sometimes people think self-care is going to get their nails done or their lashes done or going on this vacation. But the things that you listed are simple things that can be implemented every day and can hugely impact mood and i am right there with you on naps because i remember <laughs> at, at first when my kids like outgrew their own nap time cuz i would take a nap and they would take a nap and yes. and then i would be like oh my gosh like i'm going to crash like i need like a moment so we have quiet time and during quiet time i take a nap they can sit in their room read a book do a puzzle take a nap themselves whatever you wish but we're having quiet time and it really like does, you know, so much for me because I don't have like an alarm clock. My children are my alarm clock. And they, <laughs> <laughs> they usually get up at like 6 a.m. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like up. And up.
1: All
0: right. And you know, the, the week will really get to you. And sleep is just so important to my mental health. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It
1: really affects. Everything else, I do overnight care for families, which means like I come in at night mm-hmm. and they sleep, and I take care of baby. I will um, facilitate breastfeeding if breastfeeding the mm-hmm. baby to them, and then take baby away. And so people are like, "Are you in the way of the bonding?" And I'm like, "I'm helping the bonding uh-huh. because if uh-huh. mom is stressed out and can't, they can't sleep. It's going to affect the whole rest of her day. If dad can't sleep and go to work, it's going to affect the whole rest of their day." Yes. but they need, they need to sleep. <laughs> it's so, so,
0: so important. That, that is a word that you are helping the bonding by sleep. I, that is so factual. And I also, maybe it's because like I grew up in the South, but growing up, I would often hear specifically like black families think of a doula or even like a night nurse as something that was like a luxury Or that was Mm -hmm. something that was like designated for white families or families who Mm -hmm. were um, privileged in a financial sense. And technically, you know, like if we look back from when we all did live together with our families, we had those people in our families. You know, you had like a grandmother or an aunt or cousin that would come in and help and take the baby, but we're just removed. And these are things that you just have to like source out. But it's like what you said, like how you describe the resource of healthy babies, healthy mothers is something that is attainable regardless of your socioeconomic status. And it's for the benefit of you maintaining the family and you showing up as the parent that you want to show up as.
1: Right. We have to take away the struggle from Mm mothering because it can be, again, very, very beautiful. And that's something that I am passionate about with black mothers, regardless of their financial status or you know whether they're married or not, or however old they are, that becoming a mother and having a child is a beautiful thing that you yeah. should be feeling powerful in, that you should be feeling proud of. And I think that will set the tone for the rest of, of motherhood. And, and being a black mother is not something that is shameful, And yeah. it's unfortunate that it kind of got that, at least in California, it kind of had that, feeling of like oh you know she's not married or oh she's 16 or oh you know they're all single mothers or whatever and all of those ways of mothering can be beautiful
0: absolutely before we wrap up for those that are listening who would like to seek out services from butterfly birth care can you talk about the offerings that you offer where they can find you and how they can reach out
1: Absolutely. So, um, I am at butterflybirthcare.com. I'm also on Instagram as butterflybirthcare and Facebook as butterflybirthcare. I offer daytime, um, support, overnight support. I do mother things, which is the intro to self-care where we come in and we show you belly binding and herbalism and tips for you, um, and then we also do mother blessing ceremonies. So it's an alternative to a baby shower where we really emphasize the mother's transition into mm-hmm. motherhood. So instead of it being all about onesies and diapers, it's really about connecting with your community and them showing up for you and showing that they're there to support you. I think is really great.
0: That is wonderful. I had a blessing way for my second. And afterwards, I felt like everybody should have one, (laughs) like everyone should have a blessing way. It was, it it definitely, I didn't have one for my first. It was after I had my first that um, postpartum was just very challenging for me. And I wanted to put all the things in place for the second one to make for a better experience. And the blessing way was just so uplifting and so empowering and I think every parent should experience that i agree well thank you so much for being on the show it was wonderful being able to chat with you and to have this discussion i'm gonna put all of your information in our show notes so that everybody will be able to click and connect with you and thank you so much for the work that you're doing for the community thank you so much for having me Two agree and finally flee Together Find us never more. Cause you would show I'm just trying to stay cause you with you.